We're diving in today and talking about everything you wish you knew about trademarking, your brand or product. Today is a part of a two-part series on trademarks. The first part is going to be around our experience on our podcast brand and why this topic is relevant and timely. And the second episode, the second part, will be us getting the inside scoop from the lawyer who loves law and chief pontificator herself, Lara Pearson. We're going to give you four steps to make sure you're protecting that amazing name and also to make sure you aren't accidentally stepping on the very, very long toes of others. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is The Spark, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is the spark. Before we jump into the steps for trademarking your amazing new product or name, I need to set the stage of why this topic has come up for us here at the spark. And the timing of this, guys, is nothing short of eerie. You're going to love it. So we have been doing quite a bit of branding work here at The Spark. There's a number of things that we do in addition to the podcast, and we're working at tying all of those into a much larger vision. So part of that is being able to speak directly to your ideal client. So we're sitting in a meeting in Nashville discussing this. It's a big strategy session, and it was, it was great content, engaging speaker. I was totally focused on the work we're doing there. Then we take a five-minute break. During that quick break, I hopped on the laptop to check emails. And let me just stop the story right there. This is a bad idea. I was breaking my own rule, especially when you're in a strategy session for business. Checking emails should absolutely be minimized. I share this story as a cautionary tale. Why? Because it takes you off task. The cost of task switching is far greater than that 10 minutes of email reading that you did. Our attention is diverted, our energy, our emotion moving in another direction. When our physical meaning starts again, we're in our head mentally mapping out actions related to those emails we just read. So I broke my own rule in Nashville and I checked my email. And one email stuck out like a flashlight. It read, the spark trademark infringement. Hmm. Curiosity got the better of me, so I clicked on it. I skimmed through the email and worked hard not to get attached to it, though I did forward it on to my team with something like, we're going to tackle this later when I get back into town. So I, I compartmentalized the email as much as possible, tuck it away in my mental filing cabinet, and the meeting is set to begin again in Nashville. So the speaker announces our next topic, and he says, and for now, our next topic is the renaming or naming of your product. Holy hand grenades. I was floored. Of all things, and I didn't have an agenda, so I didn't know what the next one was going to be, but of all things to get on the heels of a possible trademark infringement around the name that you've selected for your product, we were just going into that very topic of, well, is this the right name for you? Well, I took it as a sign that the spark, though it may be a great name and very much incorporates what we do here, was not ours to to hold anymore. It had served us well and it grew us substantially. But ultimately, there was someone in Colorado who needed it more and that was okay. But now we were faced with making some decisions. Now we needed to rename the podcast. 
And that's why the topic of trademarks became so prominent for us. It became front and center because we were being accused of trademark infringement and we needed to make some tough decisions around that for the podcast formerly named The Spark. You see, in the past, I've worked with really large companies. My team has worked with really large companies. So we had, in the past, an entire team tackling this thing. It rarely hit my radar, at least not until it was well down the vetting stage. There was a team of marketing team or or you know people that were allotted to do this sorts of thing. Um, we'd done initial check. We thought, oh, we're good to go. And we were off to the races. Well, now it had hit my radar and was sitting in my inbox looking at me. So I'm going to share what I learned about trademarking. I thought I had the basics, but When you get in that situation, you learn a little bit more. And then later on, we're going to share um, what we learned from our lawyer and her practice and bring it full circle. So you guys are teed up and ready for these kind of situations, how not to get in them. And if you are in them, what to do about it. All right, let's actually work through the steps of trademarking. So you've got to identify a name for your product or company. So that makes sense, right? That's the first step. And that step, let's not minimize that, is an arduous process. I mean, it is a very involved process. And I highly recommend bringing in a professional for that. They can make a huge difference. And I've got some recommendations if you need some. We're going to talk more on on branding um, on a future podcast. But there's amazing groups of people, whole companies that are around this critical piece. So it goes. it, it stands to reason you got to pick the name, right? But it doesn't just start there. It's really only beginning there. And don't look for just the one name. That'll get you into trouble. You find the one name above all. It's like the it's like the shining beacon, this light at the top of the hill. And you go, oh my gosh, I found it. Because I'm here to tell you, it's probably already taken. In your mind, get clear that the objective is to settle on a few names and then see what still might be available. The other piece, the hugely important piece, is dialing in your very specific audience, what they're looking for, what resonates with them. And then once you get there, we, my amazing EA went through a list of about 30 names and vetted them on her own. And so that's checking that the websites are available. She went through the the trademark office as well, doing, you know, internet searches, Instagram, WordPress, YouTube, the whole nine yards and seeing if they're clean. So we did our own internal search and we got down to about two amazing names. Once I got the trademark infringement email and I came back from Nashville, our team put together a little bit of a strategy, but we were doing this before we had reached out to an attorney. And we had a pretty robust list of names, about 30, and we'd we'd vetted them on our own. We had uh, checked websites and we looked um, on Instagram and WordPress and YouTube. And we also went to the trademark office. Well, I should say we visited the website and searched ourselves through the trademark office. And we thought this list was fairly clean. So we took that list and we kept, you know, chunking it down, chunking it down. We eventually got to two amazing names and we loved these names. They were akin to picking a baby name for your child. You, do you remember that moment when you finally settled on the perfect name for your little tyke? Well, we were emotionally attached to these names. They would be on billboards, t-shirts. These were our baby names. So we ran the baby names by the trademark attorney. She shot both of them down. Didn't like our baby names. We came back again with three more baby names. More shots fired. When we went back with a what am I doing wrong hat in hand approach, that's when we started to really understand the behind the scenes. Usually these name searches are tackled by marketing teams or companies, and they do all this legwork and then consult with legal. Well, I only saw the after effects of this typically, and going through the process from beginning to end was a little enlightening. 
I would like to take this moment to appreciate all the marketing teams I've worked with through the years and the struggle they go through to get the right names. You guys are the damn heroes of the corporate world. You guys and bookkeepers, both of you guys, like you deserve a drink. But now we're faced with going at this with a smaller team. So we have our lawyers walk us through the process. Now, first, let me tell you, I'm not a lawyer. I'm lawyer adjacent. If you have questions on this topic, please speak to a professional, professional that you trusted, one that actually attended law school, specifically focused on trademark. Otherwise, it's just one class in a sea of other classes they take. So, okay, we build our own little strategy and we actually engage the lawyer and they deal with intellectual property. So we're doing good, right? So let's actually get into the steps. We'll do step one. It's sort of the pre-step. As I mentioned, select the name that will best resonate with your audience, not just a name you like, a name that they will like, a name that makes sense to them, isn't cutesy, but rather representative. Now, there's examples out there where businesses did not do that, and they still did quite well. Now, sure, there's some examples of businesses out there, very large businesses that haven't done that and still did pretty well. Think like Apple or Google. What's what's a Google? I think I know what an Apple is, and it's not the same thing that they thought an Apple was. But for best practices, don't be the exception that sticks out. It's recommended to have at least 10 in mind that are viable options for your names. Okay, so again, just taking a step back. So this is a product that you're going to release, whether it's um, a podcast or it's an album or it's a web course or book, whatever this may look like, we're talking about vetting those names. So have maybe 10 in your mind as possible options. Next thing we're going to do is check the patent office, which is the USPTO.gov. That's the where you can search for trademarks. Now, keep in mind, even if part of your baby's name is trademarked, the lawyer will still likely take issue with it. It doesn't mean you have to proceed with their advice. That's your call. But their job is to protect you and your brand. And they very well may take issue with things that you didn't know was going to be an issue. So I'm going to give an oversimplified example. So you could say, I want to name my podcast, The Awesome Podcast. And they would come back and say, well, the word awesome has already been trademarked. And I'm like, well, no, it's awesome podcast. No, no, no. Awesome was trademarked. So so this process was very enlightening. And every time we came back with this new suggestion, our trademark lawyer would reply with a lawyer's version of wah, wah, and remind me of this Dilbert cartoon um, that talks about trademarking. And it was it was just a painful reminder that it is really tough not to just identify the name, but actually identify a name that's not taken. So we pick the baby name, but don't get too attached to the baby name. Don't put it on a t-shirt or buy the URL. Just pick it and start doing the search on your side. Step two was having the name search through an actual agency. And because I like to keep it real on this podcast and be really honest about what's going on behind the scenes, I want to speak to someone that maybe is going through this process now, the trademarking process or maybe the infringement process. But I'll tell you, this process, it's challenging. Having a name, an initiative, a product, a a company when you have the name, it gives it life. But when you're hung in this this gap between names, the energy and the focus, it falters. It, it shouldn't. And we could argue that renaming and rebranding is simply an exercise that many companies go through. But the name makes it real. It was quite a hill to climb. Let's move on to the next step, though. Step four. Once you have survived the above steps, you have made it through without bludgeoning someone with your swing line stapler, 
then you are ready for your lawyer to craft an amazing opinion letter and submit a proper trademark. And that's going to cost about, depends, but maybe 1500 to 2000 USD. Little known fact in pre-trademarking world, the application takes, the application for a trademark takes a year, as in 12 calendar months, which is pretty much an eternity to a business owner. Yes, you can start using it before and submit it as an in-use application, but for your rubber stamp, flip that calendar over because it's taken some time. Now, here's the truth of this. Not every business does this properly. When I asked a group of six business owners I was speaking to how many had trademarked their names, five of them sheepishly admitted it was on their list of things to do, but had never made it to the top. As for the sixth one, well, they had trademarked their name and were glad they did because eight years later, they were in the process of defending that name and were grateful they'd followed the proper channels because at this point, they were associated with that brand, with that name. And switching off of that, It isn't simply an exercise. It can be devastating to business and morale. So the real question is, how big do you intend to get? Maybe your product. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's something else. When you're working with large companies rolling out global products, we always trademark the name. Because when you get large enough, the hunters and trolls, they're going to come calling. It's the price tag of getting big. But if you're a small local bakery that isn't selling on a national level, maybe it's not as important to you. You're just selling to the neighborhood and you don't even have merchandise. Well, your reach doesn't really extend beyond your neighborhood. You might decide to sidestep this process, whatever works for you. Ultimately, that's a conversation that you have amongst you, your team, ideally with a lawyer too, but that's, that's your decision. But ask, how big do I want to get? If you're aiming for, you know, world domination, then you need to do your due diligence. And if you don't do your due diligence, I get it. We've all been there. Entrepreneurs are notorious for acting fast with not enough data. And that's really what gets us ahead many times. But be prepared to act quickly when you need to rebrand. As for our story... It has a happy ending, though we loved our name, The Spark, because it's what we do. Lighting fires in people, changing perspectives, shifting how they look at things, and finding that spark in them so we could dump a bunch of fuel on it. Ultimately, we're still going to do that, but we just needed to make a pivot that really captured what we're doing and how we're getting people to that next level, both through this podcast, through our consulting firm, and much more. But as for today... Until we announce our new name, which you guys are going to love it. We're so excited for it. We've given you four trademark steps to protect your brand and make sure your message and your vision reaches the world in the way it needs to. So let's move this into action. Do your basic due diligence, guys. Even if it's just on your own, you've got the next amazing, wonderful name for your book, podcast, product. Great. Don't get too attached to it yet until it's yours to keep. Start with the most basic search and use these two online tools to make a good first pass. The first one is Name Checker. And we'll actually put the spelling in our podcast notes. It's Name Checker without the second E in checker. Simultaneously checks availability across several platforms and it's free. Instagram, URLs, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, it's going to check them all and let you know what the search results came back as. And the second free tool to use is the USPTO.gov search tool. You'll see it. Click on it. And it's in the top right where you can actually search for available trademarks. Again, don't fool yourself into thinking that the entire name you thought of needs to be trademarked. Even part of it can cause problems. And if you're planning to go big with this name, no playing small here, guys. If you're going to take this big, then go consult a trademark attorney 
to play the long game. You're going to save time and headaches down the road. And tune in next time to hear the nitty gritty from Laura Pearson, owner of Brand Geek, a law firm based in beautiful Lake Tahoe, and see just what you need to know to protect yourself and your company. And until next time, keep at it, guys. Stay focused. I know it's work, but your brand, your message, it's worth it. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So tell your friends about The Spark and help them get to the next level. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at aprilgarcia underscore the spark or check me out at thesparknow.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.